0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7
1: ESPN. Away we go. Off and running on this uh, Tuesday, November 26th. How is everyone feeling on this fine morning? Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Lots uh, on the docket uh, for this Tuesday edition. So let's roll. Of course, uh, the number you know, one 800 919 ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question is up for today. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, But first, let's start with Monday Night Football last night. Monday Night Football, the Ravens and the Rams facing off in L.A. and actually had a very similar vibe to Sunday Night Football, right? Sunday, Packers, Niners, last night, Ravens and Rams. And I said yesterday when we started the show, If you decided on Sunday night to go to bed at halftime, you know, sometimes you get up at this time, uh, even if you're not getting up at this time, if you're already working right now, sometimes you got to make business decisions with your uh, sleepy time, right? Sometimes it's not even voluntary. Sometimes you're watching the game and you just crash out. But Sunday night, I said, if you decided to go to bed at halftime, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, you made the right call. But last night... You also made completely the right call in terms of competitive games anyway. Now you did miss out on the Lamar Jackson show, which you will be watching. If you're watching Sports Center or watching any highlight shows, you'll be seeing it all day today because the Ravens beat the Rams, beat up the Rams, kicked the Rams heads in 45 to six. And it really was not even uh, that close. Lamar Jackson throwing five touchdown passes. I believe he ran for 95 yards. And just some of them, not even the the yardage total, which is ridiculous, but just some of them. He had one play on like a third down, wasn't there, takes off, boom. I mean, and think about how painful this game is going to be for Sean McVay, not even for the fact that it seems pretty clear right now the Rams are a long shot to make the playoffs. But remember last year when the Rams were – Kind of playing like the Ravens were, right? They were the story of the NFC last year. It was detailed many times how uh, Sean McVay has a photographic memory, can remember every single play. So think in his head, he has a section of his brain that's going to remember every single game, every single play from that game. Oh my goodness. That's going to be rough. He-, he needs to go to like the men in black and you get that little pointer thing that you look into it and the light and the. Zapped your memory? Something. But as far Lamar, as Lamar Jackson's concerned, obviously playing at another level. And now, as we head into week 13, to me, this would be the appropriate time to start to have an MVP conversation. It seems like this year, more so than any other that I remember, there's been more talk early in the year, like week four, or week five. About how who's going to be the MVP? Who's your early leader for MVP? As if you hand out the award in week eight. This would be the appropriate time to start looking all right, who's going to be the MVP this year? And that conversation is going to be very short because, barring some injury or something completely unforeseen, it is going to be Lamar Jackson. Make no mistake about it. Think about all the time people made making the case that Christian McCaffrey was going to be the MVP. And look, he's had a great year. Christian McCaffrey was never going to be the MVP. They may as well just name the award most valuable quarterback. But Lamar Jackson, it's pretty clear at this point, he's doing things that have really not been seen since Michael Vick. And I think he is Better than Vic. Now maybe not as explosive. I think Vic had more of those kind of plays that Jackson has too, that you're just like, whole and it was different because with Vic, you had never really seen that kind of athleticism on display And like a you know, they were there were running quarterbacks, but never like that. So Lamar Jackson's been unbelievable and today is going to be all about the Baltimore Ravens. It seems like their world right now, right? They are unstoppable. And I think the one caveat that you would have if you're trying to come up with a reason why the Ravens are not going to play in the Super Bowl this year, uh, you would I think the first thing that most people will go to is, well, are they definitely going to have home field? Because if they got to go to Foxborough, Bill Belichick he's got, he's already gotten a look right once at uh, Lamar Jackson, while it didn't go well. You know, somewhere he's spending some amount of time thinking and and. and devising some sort of game plan. And it's almost like Vic, I think it was his second season, his first full season uh, as the quarterback, the Falcons went to Green Bay. And leading up to that game, the talking point, well, well you know, nobody wins in Green Bay in the postseason. Oh, no, nobody can go into Green Bay. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And uh, he not only went into Green Bay, Vic went in there and uh, kicked, let's just use the body part, heads in the dirt. Let's use heads for uh, lack of a better word that, that we would use uh, off the air. And uh, so the idea that Bill Belichick is going to be able to devise some sort of game plan to slow this guy down right now I think is a little bit uh, wishful thinking. But uh, we shall see. That's why we watch the games, right? But last night was not just about the Ravens to me because I think it was also about the Rams. Because as I said, it was about this time last year. It was the Rams world, right? Sean McVay, Jared Goff, huge step forward. The Rams are going to be good for years to come. And it certainly seemed like they were going to be a factor. And now this year, coming off a Super Bowl appearance last year, and 6-5, and and you'd have to say a pretty long shot at this point to make the playoffs, maybe they can get things turned around, but it's hard to envision that right now when you watch Jared Goff play, not just last night, but really for the most part this year. He has taken this huge step back after taking a huge step forward last year, and now at this point, with where you are right now on November, what did I say, the 26th, you have to wonder if... This year is so much a step back, or maybe this is just where he's at. Maybe last year was much more the anomaly than what we're watching right now. Because he looks like, right now, kind of the guy that he was in his rookie season. He just wrapped up in November without throwing a touchdown pass. And keep in mind, the Rams, they are married to Jared Goff. And not like Las Vegas married. Not like getting married on a whim married. They are like... Devoutly religious married, like divorce is not an option. Warren Sharp has the contract terms. He tweeted out what the, his cap hit is for the Rams for the next few years. Next year, it's $36 million. 2021, 32 and a million. And then 2022 and 2023 is basically $30 million. Yikes. And they have not been the same team since Todd Gurley has stopped looking like Todd Gurley. uh, At one point, he was the best running back in the game, two-time All-Pro. Not a Pro Bowler. That's good. All-Pro is where you really differentiate who's the best. And now Gurley looks like just a guy. And think about all the moves that the Rams have made. Jalen Ramsey, right? They've traded all these picks here. The contracts of Goff and Gurley, and they're going to have to re-sign Ramsey, right? They traded two first-round picks for the guy, so you're going to have to keep him happy. Windows of opportunity, open and closer quicker in the NFL than anywhere else. And you have to wonder, not to bury the Rams, I'm not going to say that they're they're done forever, but they got some work to do. The NFL is the one sport, it's, it's always painful when your team gets knocked out of the playoffs and you think about, you know, all right, next year, we'll get them next year, right? The future is bright. That is not a thing in the NFL, don't worry, we'll get him next year is not a thing in the NFL, and it certainly does not look like a thing for the Rams anytime soon. You know, it was three years ago the Falcons were leading the Super Bowl 28-3 to since they're 20-27. The Rams should be just the latest case of cautionary tales about anointing quarterbacks really before they've had any sustained success. Goff, think about the other guys this year. Wentz, right? Carson Wentz. We all anointed him. I'm guilty of that. Baker Mayfield at this time last year. Oh, look how few how bright, the, and it might be, but let's not make it out like he's done anything of sustained success so far. Even Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky might be the better case than even Jared Goff. But you look at what the Rams are facing, and what it was just a year ago. Boy, oh boy! And it almost makes it more frustrating for what we see for the the, the two football teams in this town. The NFL is the one sport where it's supposed to be. Here today, gone tomorrow, back up, back down, up and down, right? Not necessarily good every single year, but certainly not bad every single year. And that's been the case. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So our poll question, which is up for today, and it is involving the Knicks and the Nets. So I'm sure you've seen this story by now if you're a sports fan, but maybe not. Let me explain it to you if you have not. Knicks and Nets played on Sunday. Nets got the win. But during the broadcast on ESPN, Richard Jefferson said that he knew it was time to retire when the Knicks offered him a contract. Now, I don't know who was doing play-by-play at the time, but he, whoever it was said, is this a true story? He said, yes, this is a true story. So then yesterday, it turns out, not surprisingly, it was not a true story. So yesterday, Nick's PR came out and issued a statement that no, just for fact checking purposes, that is not a true story. So there's been a lot of back and forth. Who is this story more embarrassing for, really? That's the question. Is it more embarrassing for Jefferson who felt the need to make up this story during a broadcast? It would be one thing if it was a joke, but we'll let you hear it and you can be the, you can decipher whether or not it was a joke. Or is it the Knicks who feel the need who, at least for some people who realized it was a joke, coming out and clarifying, hey, that's not a – hey, you did not – you were not actually flying on that airplane. There was not actually a rabbi, a priest, and a duck walk into a bar. So we'll get into which one is more embarrassing. That's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Coming up, we will take your phone calls as well, get into the poll question. Some other stuff today, too, because um, big story – oh, my God, did you see this? It's in the post. The New York Post has an exclusive about what Sam Darnold did after the Jets win against the Raiders. I, I I couldn't believe it. I, I I'm not sure if you're going to believe it. So I'll we'll get into that too. It it's tabbed exclusive. They're the ones who have it. So this is big news. It's on the front page of their website. It's not like some little blurb. Some this is big, big. Big news.
0: Now back to The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7
1: ESPN. So I'm watching the news in between the well, – during the commercial break. Are we still doing the pardoning of the turkeys for Thanksgiving? I mean, what are we, five years old? We're still doing that? What do you think the turkeys, now that they've been pardoned, what do you think they're going to do? These things are probably uh, – they're, they're probably wishing for death. The turkeys, they're not going to go to college. Oh, you know what? Once he got pardoned, he went back, got his degree. He's working in IT now. Uh, What do you think these, they're going to sit in a dirt lot and pick at the ground with their faces. It's not, it's not a great existence. All right. It's the Gordon Damer show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. We'll take you up until uh, six o'clock. Go look at Wingo then. Our poll question, which is up for today. It's on Twitter at Gordon Damer and it is about this story. Between the Knicks and Nets. Knicks and Nets played on Sunday during the broadcast. Richard Jefferson. So to let you hear what he said, he, he was he brought up a story about how when the Knicks offered him a contract, he knew it was time to retire. So here is what Richard Jefferson. I'm trying to find it here. All right. Here it is. Here's what Richard Jefferson. This is the exact cut from the game.
0: I refuse to play for the Knicks. Like, Jason Kidd
1: and Kenny Barnes, they don't really care. Me,
0: I was the one person that said, Knicks, no, I'll retire. That's why I retired. They were the one team that offered me a job, and I decided to retire. Is this a true story? It's true. I decided to retire. Wow. How about that? It was true. All right.
1: So there you go. There's the cut. So our poll question today is, who? and then, of course, after that gets out, People are saying, I think people took that as being true. I think most people took it as a joke, but not everybody. And I got to be honest, when I just heard, I just read the, the quote in an article, I'm like, well, clearly he's joking. But when you hear him there, I don't know who the play-by-play guy was there, but he said, is this true? And yeah, oh uh, yeah, this is true. So then the Knicks, of course, have to come out yesterday and and issue uh, their PR. And I'm sure it wasn't the PR's decision to do this. I'm sure that people within the organization said, you better put out a statement saying, that no, this is not. So they put out a statement saying, no, this is false. We did not offer him a contract. So which side should be more embarrassed by their involvement in this story? And I will say this. I don't know if we're going to get that great of poll numbers today. But I do think that today is going to be a very close one. And at least so far, that has been the case. But if you had to vote, which way would you go? Is it Richard Jefferson for making up this story or is it the Knicks for responding to the story? Well, I will say this. I can understand people voting either side because I think there is a level of embarrassment. Well, I think that both sides have a little bit of embarrassment. But if I had to vote, if I had to to pick one side or the other, I know people are going to be uh, shocked that I'm going to feel this way. I think that it's probably Richard Jefferson. Now, I'm not saying that the Knicks shouldn't be a little embarrassed by this because, again, it was a joke. But, again, did, did this, does this sound like somebody who's joking? I refuse to play for the Knicks. Like,
0: Jason Kidd and Kenny Martin, they don't really care. Me, I was the one person that said, Knicks, no, I'll retire. That's why I retired. They were the one team that offered me a job and I decided to retire. <laughs> Is this a true story? It's true. I decided to retire. That- wow, wow, how about that? It was true.
1: Yeah. No, I may maybe more listening to it. I, it does come across. It, it comes across more as a joke because of whoever the play-by-play guy is saying, "Oh, wow!" You know, like that that part of it seems like it's joking. But I don't know necessarily that Jefferson put it out there like a joke. I, I, I mean, it seemed like he he wanted it. He, he. I mean, we've already de- we have not done it for many people. I think only six people have made the club. But if you are going to find the most dedicated case of a verified Nick hater... You are a verified Knicks hater. Richard Jefferson is clearly atop the list. Now, I think that that partially has to do with that he was on a team that was successful with the Nets. And they never, even going to the NBA Finals, didn't get the attention that I'm sure he probably feels like he deserves. And... Probably that bothers him even to this day. I mean, why else would he be continu- – I mean, he continually goes out of his way to uh, poke fun at the Knicks. So I would say if I had to pick one, I, I think it's close. I think it's, it, it's it's 50-50. But if I had to pick one, I'd say it's probably more Richard Jefferson than it is the Knicks. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 800 3776 And for all the people who are saying, why wow, he was clearly joking, I don't think you could say he was clearly joking. It wasn't like he issued some clarification. Guys, I'm kidding. I'm jo- It's not that outrageous that the Knicks would have o- – the, the point of the joke is not all that outrageous. Now, if he had said the Knicks offered me a 10-year deal and I turned it down, all right, then you know clearly he's kidding. But I don't think that that was clear that he was uh, joking. I, it was clear that he was going out of his way to embarrass the Knicks. Who, I mean, does anybody really need to go out of their way to embarrass the Knicks? They kind of do that on their own. And for all the Knicks fans who are upset, oh, well, you know, why do you got to keep this story going? Well, look, it's a story. And the fact that you responded to it kept it going. I always say the best revenge is living well. Now, right now, the Knicks can't live well. They're 4-13. and They're going to be going through another brutal season. But I think the thing that differentiates the teams that are that are struggling or are bad, don't respond to every little piece of news that involves you And think that somehow people are going to be won over by the fact, you know, like what was what good was going to come out of the Knicks responding and issuing a statement yesterday saying, oh, no, this didn't actually happen. This didn't actually happen. Yeah. All all right. Well, don't whether it happened or not, that should not be even one iota uh, of your focus. Focus on you. Focus on getting things somewhat turned around that you could win a few games. And not worry about what Richard Jefferson says. Because I to tell you right now, I don't think that that many people really care what Richard Jefferson says. And certainly not Nick fans. Like, that should not be your focus. All right, let's get to the phones this morning. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Because we're going to save the bombshell. The New York Post bombshell about Sam Darnold. And when you hear this, uh, it's going to curl your socks. Your socks might very well just pop right off your feet. It's, it's that big a news. So we'll save that. Let's get some calls in first, though. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's go out to uh, Andy is in Miami. Andy, what's going on, my man? All
0: right, message. Gordon, I love following you on Twitter. I Thanks, think man. you're hilarious. Thank and you. I love your show. All right? All right? You all right, make five to six cool. really easy. Cool. No, no, no. You're great. Thank but you. with that said, yeah. it's time for you to stop the snark on the net. And it's time for you, mm-hmm. yes, you, Gordon, nah. to become a verified Knicks hater. OK, it's time. Let's okay. look at their last two draft picks. Uh-huh. I happen to like R.J. Barrett. I think yeah. he has a nice offensive game. Yeah. But he does share something in common with Shaquille O'Neal, his free throw ability. And that's all. He has the body of Lewis Orr. Then you take a look at the net and you got Jared Allen, mm-hmm. who was picked at the end of the first round. Nobody talks about him. Slowly but surely. Well, he's on the
1: Nets. Of course, they... nobody talks about him, Andy. Come
0: on. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. And I get that. But slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. He is averaging 20 points his last four games. He's a good player. You have to admit, Gordon, you have to admit, take Torian Prince. Torian Prince was on the Hawks. And then take Alan Crabb, who single-handedly was killing the Nets. He was he was a bad pickup pick by Sean Marks. He cost too much money. His offensive game wasn't as good as Bill. So what did he do? He sent him down to Atlanta, got Torian Prince, who the Knicks would kill to have a player like Torian Prince because he does it all. Uh And what did the Nets turn into that pick? By getting rid of Alan Crabb and the salary cap, they were able to sign Kyrie Irving, and they were able to sign Kevin Durant. If you turn it around and look what the Knicks did, they had to get rid of somebody called the unicorn. Uh, Because he was so special and individual, so that they could get, are you ready for this? Capspace. Julius
1: Randall. Yeah, well, uh, look, Andy, uh, as someone who enjoys the show and enjoys me, I I, I have to let you go because you're going to be killing the audience doing all this in-depth breakdown of the Nets. Um, I will say this. Jared Allen is a very good player. But can we slow down? Uh, The Nets are a few years ahead of where the Knicks hope to be. And maybe the Knicks will not get there in a few years. But when you decide to tank last year, You can't expect that when the the offseason goes the way it did and clearly it did not go well and people should be held responsible for that that told you that it was going to go well. But there's nothing that they can do right now to alleviate their situation. They kind of have to go through the muck and mire of this season and the Nets have already done that. So for Jared Allen, who is a good young player, he's in his third season. So to compare him to where R.J. Barrett is right now is a little unfair. And to uh to uh muck up our show with all this Nets talk. I, I just don't I understand that's the but the you know, the ins and outs of the Nets roster. I don't I don't know if um people are clicking off their radios as we speak. Let's go out to Eric in Manhattan. Eric, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. I'm good, man. What's up? Hey, you know, back in the Didn't day, ask, but... I, I used to like the Knicks, yeah? but man, I, I I don't I don't uh, I don't fault Jefferson for making fun of the Knicks because you know the organization, you know, they bring it on themselves. They call themselves the mecca of basketball. That is so laughable. Well, no, they, they don't. They, that's the Garden is the mecca of basketball. Yeah, uh, but they're not. They don't consider themselves yeah, but, the mecca of
0: basketball. But the Knicks. I mean, I I feel I
1: feel you know a little bit sorry for the players because sometimes they don't have no choice and, but to go to the Knicks. You know they get them. You know they get paid or, or whatever. Mm. But you know behind the scene, you know they'll, they'll, they'll probably say, "Man, the only reason I'm here is because I'm getting paid. Other than that, if if I want to play for a good
0: organization, I'll leave."
1: Well, I mean, look, that that's uh, certainly a case, and the Knicks kind of have to have someone of a star quality, and maybe. Uh, it's, I think it's pretty clear at this point they're going to have to draft that person who is willing to take on the challenge of, of helping turn around an organization that has been for basically the last 20 years uh, more times than not a punchline. Absolutely. The Knicks uh, have been a punchline. That is fair. They have been the laughing stock, And you're hoping that now uh, that the people that are running the organization, that they've not shown this ability so far to get this turned around. That is not they, – they don't have any evidence, right? They can tell you all they want about relax, we know what they're doing, we know what we're doing, Uh, that has not, any evidence so far would be contrary to that, because last year they were trying to tell you they knew what they were doing by trading away Porzingis and getting cap space, and that we were going to be successful in free agency, and no, they were not. And then, even after that, they tell you that they had a successful offseason, and clearly, no, they have not. But I think that to, um, you know, just in terms of this story itself, look, the Knicks have more than enough things that you can poke fun at that are in reality. So to go and find one that's not in reality, right? To make one up just to take a shot at them really speaks more to... Like, the Nets are a much better team. Nobody can debate that. The only thing that we debate is whether... I mean, we don't even debate whether or not the Nets should be at the same... that they have the same level of interest as the Knicks. That one is even more of a blowout. That one's even more lopsided. The only legitimate conversation we have is whether or not our show other shows should be focused more on the nets we don't because that's what you tell us you tell us that by poll questions phone calls topics all these type of things so if you're more interested in the nets if more people all of a sudden are going to go over to the nets bandwagon that's then we will probably change our approach and when we get closer to the playoffs and the nets assumingly are in a playoff series We'll focus on them then, but during the early portion of the season to think that we're going to center our shows around a Nets team that, God bless them, they've won four in a row, but they don't have – I mean, in terms of the hierarchy of New York sports, they're not that high up. They're much more down towards the bottom, so there will be things that pop up that we talk about, but they're not going to be a central focus of the show despite the fact that people will say – the the, the 50 Net fans will will get all up in arms. Now, it used to be nine net fans. Now it's 50. But another thing that's very interesting to me is that people will say that a lot. Well, you should flip. You should switch. Well, then then you're a terrible person. And I would think that if you were going, and this is one point that I've raised repeatedly and is 100% true, this idea that Nick fans are going to get off the band, not even a bandwagon change their stripes from the team that they are obviously invested in if they haven't switched by now they're not going to switch now like one more year of bad basketball and the nets may be getting 45 wins that's not going to be enough to sway them and it really shouldn't be because you're, you're a fan of the team you don't it's not something you decide with your head it's something you decide with your heart and in a lot of ways is decided for you so if you are somebody who can say, well, you know what? This team has stunk for a long time. There, there doesn't seem any real road to them being respectable anytime soon. And this team is is much, much better, but still, not. even if they were great, they're not great right now, I'm going to change my le- – uh, to me, that's a t- sign of a terrible person and somebody I don't want in my life. It's got two, oh boy. Here's our buddy Omar in Brooklyn. Omar. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm good, man. Why are you so happy? No, I'm not so happy. You said I'm, you said I'm, on I'm, Saturday you wanted to get two wins for your yeah, Knicks. Yeah, that two wins. How, up how up. many did they get? Did they get any of those wins? No. they yeah. won a One out of three. Oh, right. You got the <laughs> Bills, right. The
0: main the, the main thing we want, we still have a 65 games here, so 62, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we can change the season. So, uh, But uh, they, uh, that's why I wanted, listen, I know what Brooklyn meant. I live in Brooklyn.
1: Mm-hmm. Brooklyn, That's Nex, why you're more from Brooklyn.
0: Right. But, uh, Richard Jefferson, that. Richard Jefferson, people like that. I understand that Licks should not have commented on him because it's a joke. Yes. But people like this, the openly haters, they'll look at that. Kevin Durant, Kylie Irving, everybody, even they go to a winning team, Brooklyn Nets. They want to use Knicks to get attention. They don't get attention without mentioning the name New York Knicks because there is no fan base. They talk, they start their conversation with the Knicks so people can get attention. The Knicks fan like me that can crazy and then they can come back on it. After Sunday game, look at Jill Wendy, look at Tim Interact, openly, Instagram, this and that. They want attention. They cannot get attention
1: nope oh, oh he, he, his phone even got tired of him uh I did not cut him off uh this is, I mean Mark can you mark this time down Brian it's 533 on November 26th Omar in Brooklyn just made sense what he actually said was a hundred percent true the Nets can't really get attention on their own and more times than not, In terms of stories, in terms of moving the needle, not just wins and losses, in terms of wins and losses, clearly they're better than the Knicks. Everybody is pretty much better than the Knicks in terms of wins and losses. But in terms of fan base, in terms of moving the needle, in terms of juice, smoke, whatever terms you want to use, no, more times than not, they don't get attention unless they point out, hey, bring up the Knicks mostly because people aren't really all that interested in the Nets. So if you bring up the Knicks, at least you get a little bit of buzz. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Jackson out of the shotgun, has Ingram in the backfield. Three receivers split left. Jackson takes a snap, looks over the middle, fires complete. Ingram in, touchdown, Mark Ingram. And the Ravens score a fifth touchdown on their fifth possession. And Mark Ingram breaking out the dance moves in the
1: end zone. All right, so there you go. The call last night, Monday Night Football, as the uh, Ravens trounce the Rams in L.A. And uh, after that play, I don't know if we have uh, audio of it. Uh, I think after that play, Lamar Jackson then broke out a bucket of confetti and poured it on the Rams' head. Much like uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. That's how lopsided it was last night, so uh, the Ravens keep rolling right along, and I have officially tabbed. I have begun the conversation. It was ridiculous that we were having the conversation before this, but now is the time, the appropriate time in my mind. To start talking, all right, who's going to be the NFL MVP? And as the conversation began, it also ended. It, it started and ended in one basic sentence. It's Lamar Jackson. It will be Lamar Jackson unless he gets hurt or um, something, uh, misses some time of some significance. But our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, all about the uh, little uh, spat, I guess, little tiff that uh, the the Knicks and Nets had with Richard Jefferson on Sunday saying that uh, he, would re- he decided to retire. Which is funny because he also announced, I think it was, was it this summer, that he was coming out of retirement, and yet he was broadcasting the game. So apparently nobody had any interest in Richard Jefferson. So maybe that's a, maybe that's what's under his skin. But uh, he he felt the need to uh, have a little fun at the Nixon Spence. A lot of people have it's pretty easy it's not it's pretty low hanging fruit right it's pretty easy to kick them uh, when they've been down and <laughs> they've been down a lot so uh, our poll question is who is it uh, more embarrassing or who should be more embarrassed by their involvement in the story to me it's slightly richard jefferson but if you, uh, I'm not saying that the Knicks issuing a PR statement uh, on uh, what happened on Sunday is uh, not embarrassing. I think it's slightly embarrassing too. But uh, I think Virtue Jefferson going out of his way to make it be, uh, a fake story. And again, we played the cut. You can say, "Wow, he was clearly kidding." He wasn't clearly kidding. As somebody who kids a lot, uh, that's uh, that's not clearly kidding. So you can vote on the poll question that's up on Twitter uh, at Gordon Damer. But I've wasted enough time. I have to get to – I buried the lead here today, and the lead should be the New York Jets. The New York Jets on Sunday went out and beat the Oakland Raiders. So what do they do uh, after the game? Well, oh my god, it, it, it breaks my heart to, to bring this up. But the New York Post has the exclusive, and that's not me tabbing it as an exclusive. That's the New York Post front page of their website. I don't know what the paper actually looks like. Who, I mean, who picks up a paper anymore? You know, it was funny. I was actually I saw a paper. Where was I? Can't remember where it was. But there was a paper, and I was flipping through it. It was like it's like I found a dinosaur. It was like I found found a fossil. I was dusting it off, and I flipped the page. You know, obviously you flip it over to the sports, and the first page in is the TV listings. Who in the name of God is still getting their TV listings from the newspaper? Oh my lord! But I digress. i buried the lead again. The New York Post has the exclusive. The headline is Sam Darnold gets wasted and hooks up with a girl after the Jets' big win. Wow. Wow. Could Sam Darnold be the next Joe Namath or Mark Sanchez off the field? Surging New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold celebrated his team Sunday afternoon routing the Raiders long into the night. But he may have taken on a little bit too much quote-unquote Jet fuel, sources tell, page six. Apparently, Darnold was at Bounce Sporting Club in the Flatiron District, along with his teammates. According to the source, they were celebrating like they just won the the Super Bowl. That I can see. The Jets, they do get a little carried away. Quote, Sam Darnold was wasted hooking up with some girl. The other guys on the team had to look after him. There was a limo driving him and the players around all night added the source. Meanwhile, an insider told us, oh, this is not a source. This is an insider. Quote, his team protects him. That's the way they are on the field and off it. He's the franchise. We're told Darnold ducked out at about 1230 a.m., 1230 in the morning. That was Monday. Oh, my God. He stayed up past midnight. But the rest of the team partied on. Why is this a bad? I mean, I think everybody's going to react the same way as I am. This is, uh, I mean, the most non-story that there could possibly be of a non-story. In fact, if anything, Sam Darnold should be getting the credit. He went home earlier than everybody else. Everybody else was out past twelve thirty. He went home twelve thirty is a pretty respectable time. Wasn't out till four in the morning. <laughs> I like how there's a he was talking to a girl. Oh my God, he was. In the article, they also, article, it should be noted the team does not have any rules against its players drinking. I think it's about time they start instituting some of them. I mean, what the hell? Who in their right mind puts this in the newspaper? A rep for the Jets declined to comment. No, the comment should have been, this is ridiculous. We're not commenting. It shouldn't have just been a no comment. It should have been, this is stupid. We are not wasting our time with this. We have too too many other things to worry about, like the fact that Richard Jefferson said he was offered a contract by the Jets, but he also turned it down. They also brought up, Darnold has been romantically linked to a fellow student at USC, which he left to play for the Jets in 2018. Quote, Darnold has not posted a photo with her since 2017. (laughs) I mean, imagine living that life. Wow, he went out and had some drinks with his with his teammates and left at 12:30. I I don't know. I feel like that should be uh, given a, a big uh, stamp of approval. But here's the thing. This story is not anything to me. And 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 the crazy thing is is that I guess this is the number of shares that it's gotten. But this is by far the biggest story that Page 6 has. This story has been shared Over 46,000 times, the next biggest story has been shared 9,000. That one, Tinsler Mortimer, is engaged to Scott Kluth. Tinsley, I thought we were friends. I have no idea who either of those people are. But it's been shared 46,000 times, and I'm making a joke of it today, and I will make a joke of it any time that it ever gets brought up. Not that it will after today. This is not a big story. It won't be today, it won't be on Sunday, even if the Jets lose to the Bengals. If you bring this story up on Sunday, if, if somehow, I know it's not going to happen, but if somehow the Jets were to lose to the Bengals, or even if they won and Darnold didn't play well, the first person to bring up, if they ever did bring up this story as, well, you see, you know what, he was out partying, he should have been, fo-. that's stupid. I'm telling you now it's stupid, I'll tell you later it's stupid. It's dumb. But make sure you keep that intensity if you think this is a big deal because people crucified Odell for taking that boat trip to uh, taking the trip on the boat in Miami before the Packers game as if that had some impact on how he played. Now he didn't play well. He played terribly. But it's not like the options back then were well, uh, should we take this trip? Or should I sit here and study the playbook? The Jets will win on Sunday. They'll beat the Bengals. I'm sure Donald will play well. But anybody who thinks that, I mean, the fact that that was shared, who are you sharing this with? 46,000 times? Seems a bit high. Seems a bit high. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. So apparently my brain is uh, even more mush than I thought. That was Ryan Rucco with uh, Richard Jefferson. That did not sound like Ryan to me. I'm really losing it. Here's the cut again. Does this sound like Ruko to you? I refuse
0: to play for That's the Knicks. Like, Jeff Kidd and Kenny Barnes, they don't really care. Me, I was the one person that said, Knicks. no, I'll retire. That's why I retired. They were the one team that offered me a job. That I decided to retire. Is this a true story? True. I decided to retire. Instead. Wow. How about that?
1: It was true. Yeah, I guess the wow, yeah, how about that did sound like Ruko. But the first, I, there's just, I guess, maybe more background noise. And, you know, what's funny about the story is, is the way that it gets reacted to. Like, um for the win. USA Today, their their tweet headline is, the Knicks went out of their way to deny Richard Jefferson's retirement story. They didn't go out of their way. Richard Jefferson went out of his way to concoct a, you know, I guess a joke. Although I don't really think he was joking. I mean, he was, uh, you know, trying to take a shot. He was trying to insult them. And uh, it, clearly it, it, it worked because the Knicks responded to it. But the Knicks didn't go out. They just issued a statement saying, no, this is not true. I think if anybody went out of their way... It's much more um, that Jefferson did than the Knicks. Uh, the one thing about the, um, the Astros thing that uh, I guess I did not notice the first time I went through it was – remember when the story came out that there's emails? The Astros have emails talking about cheating with cameras and – they use the term cheating, but cameras and binoculars to see what they uh, they have. I did not notice that the person who sent that email was somebody by the name of Kevin Goldstein. Goldstein is the Astros. He currently holds the title of special assistant to the general manager. I thought that this was just like some low-level kind of scout that was involved in the organization. certainly makes the organization look bad. But I didn't realize it was somebody that high up in the chain, the special assistant to the general manager. This is looking less and less – to me, uh, there's no way – And I saw somebody in Boston, uh, Boston Boston.com, I can't remember who it was. Well, there's no reason why this should affect Alex Cora. He's with a different team now. Is that how it works? If you commit a crime and if it gets proven that they did this, that's a crime. You're killing the integrity of the game of baseball, which is supposed to be important then there's no way that you can say that, uh, well, he's with a different team now. There should be no suspension. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more calls here. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 800 uh, Dan in Jersey. Go, my man.
0: Hey, Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, two questions. Do you think Des Bryant is kicking himself right now? Look, seeing what a great head coach Hallbar is.
1: Who, who is kicking themselves right now?
0: Uh, Des Bryant. <laughs> Des you Bryant. Know. He had had an opportunity to sign with the Ravens. In the past.
1: What's the next one, Dan? We're running out of time.
0: Um. Uh. How long do you think that that uh, Knicks fans will will wait until they start calling for Mark Jackson?
1: I mean, the coach the coach is not really. The, I mean, it's a problem, maybe, but it's more about the team, guys. I mean, if you think that all of a sudden getting rid of David Fizz, this is like the Yankees when the Yankees were dysfunctional back in the day. Where every single year they'd, fa- they'd change the coach, they changed the general manager, they changed the pitching coach. You know what the problem was? The team wasn't very good. So I'm not saying that David Fisdale is the answer. Maybe he's not, but you gotta give him a little bit of time. It's not that time yet. You know what time it is? It's time for the show to be over.
0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.